Welcome back, everybody, to the Power Stroke Podcast number 20. We got my buddy Mark. We got Zach from the West Coast and none other DS Trucks live and in person from the garage. And we got PTT up here. Um, We are missing Mr. Matt and Reelan. Cheers to you guys to the bubbly. Extra loud. 430 gears. Um, We're going to we're going to start off today. Um, I want to uh, let everybody know who does not know. uh, Let me look at my notes really quick. Uh, We are on uh, all the other podcast apps, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google podcast, Amazon and Podbeam. So if you guys do not have uh, YouTube or the means of watching it in the background, uh, you guys can now download us. And right now we're over a hundred downloads in a day uh, since uh, we have let them go live. So it's been pretty cool to see the growth. Um, uh, people are definitely checking us out. So for only having 10 out there so far, we are recording number 20. Uh, we're getting some good feedback. So um, 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 what else was I going to say, Mark? Oh, t-shirts, merch. If anybody wants to get with some merch, I have new shirts coming similar to this. We have this on the front and we have that on the back. I got uh, different colors this time. I had blue and black, but now I'm going to have black and red, a couple of different logo color changes. So I'm excited to show you guys those if you guys want to get down and check that out. But uh, right now it is uh, January 30th. It's cold here in the Motor City. It is icy. It is probably about, I don't know, what's the old Samsung say? We're at... 24 degrees um i guess i guess to follow up a video that i'm actually filming uh that i I was filming friday i filmed a little today and i have to film one more piece tomorrow um when are you guys using your block heater uh there's something i'm talking about in my video i know a lot of guys um have been saying, you know, it's a waste of electricity if you do it. Uh, uh, anything above 15 degrees or above 20 degrees, and I can't say I disagree, but I don't think you're going to be noticing it as much if it was warmer out. Um, I notice a difference between how my truck starts when I don't plug it in versus when I plug it in. It sounds... I don't want to say it sounds rougher. It just sounds real, <laughs> you know, just, you know what I mean? And then when I started, uh, yeah, it sounds angry. And then when I started, when it's uh, plugged in, it just sounds more, I don't feel as angry. So I think I can notice a difference and I'm, I'm using, um, I actually brought home this, this is my infrared and I am, uh, took some temps with it not plugged in i took a temp of the element i took a temp of the block and i actually uh, since i just recently got foreskin i uh, hooked up foreskin showed you guys how i connected and monitored ect and ect was at uh 25 degrees this morning not plugged in and 
my infrared read 15.6.7 on the actual block. So um, tonight it's going to be sitting for over eight hours. It's going to be plugged in and my outlet is only active for four hours. It comes on at four and shuts off at eight. I leave at seven. So my truck really honestly is maybe for three hours, 10 minutes, three hours, 15 minutes, actually feeding, getting juice. So, you know, I think, not I think, I remember past repairs where uh, some customers had came in, out their trucks and, and was the complaint was, you know, hey, I keep popping my uh, fuse in the house for the outlet that my truck is plugged into. And I show you guys the pinpoint test. I show you guys in the video the spec with the cord. So it's supposed to be the element. And I, I go through that and there's nothing wrong with the truck. So, you know, that leaves, it's got to be the house. And, you know, I talk about in the video um, the importance of making sure you have the right amped circuit for your house, what kind of outlet you're using on the outside. It has to be up to code. It has to be weatherproof. You know, are you using a hundred foot freaking extension cord? Come on. No, you want something short. You want something to be close to the house. So there, all these things are going to be, you know, f be used in conjunction when, when using your block heater, because you know, you want to be safe. This is something you're plugged to your house. You're, you're, you're living, you're, you're, you know, this is your life, but then you got it, you know, tethered to your truck. So you just want to be safe about it. And I, uh, you know, I just want to bring awareness to that, but I don't want people to have this weather package on their truck and like, Oh my God, I got this cord hanging from the front of my truck. What do I do? Oh Jesus. Oh my gosh. It's a cord. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. I want you to educate yourself. I want you to know, you know, the importance of it. I know DS, uh, he hadn't been plugging his truck in. Um, he's going to been, uh, we had been talking about it um, and he might be starting to plug his truck in just uh, when it starts getting to this end of January, middle of February, it's going to be starting getting t typically into like the Arctic temperatures around here and the shit gets cold. So you know, when we can keep our truck warm and the oil warm and help keep the oil thin so we have less wear in the morning, we have better startup, just like I'm, I can tell the difference on how it starts. Um, and I think uh, for the longevity, just... 40. Yeah, and then 540. And I, I, I have uh, just... That's a good point. I had just... Uh, was it yesterday? So it would have been Friday because it's a Saturday. Actually spoke on the phone to a rep from Schaefer's and he is going to put me in touch with their uh, marketing team and maybe somebody in their technical department because uh, there are some questions I, I like uh, questions I like some questions I have um, and a lot of things I like about their company uh, for one they're home here in the USA they've been around since 1839 and not only are they doing you know big time lubricants but they have some good fuel additives and fuel for us being a diesel um I feel is something that we have to stay on top of like a one I think out of all the questions I get asked the most whether it be from the podcast or the videos I'm doing is are you running a fuel additive are you running this are you running this are you running this people are cognitive about it but I don't think they may know the correct stuff to use and I'm always repping motorcraft just 100% all the time but you know I was talking to DS and he can chime in it's like 
I'm ready to try something new. Yeah, we're using this. I mean, I don't know if I'm necessarily seeing a difference. Well, I mean, we know it's a great uh, product, but one hundred percent. But it's not like the hot shot guy, secret guys are like, oh, it's idling better. Oh, it's yeah, it feels the same to me. Feels no, exactly no. the same. I, I definitely but, want to try something for sure. Definitely. Um, but I have questions because these are some high dollar fuel systems and, and the stuff that, that they're going to add. I just want to make sure it's not going to be acidic. I want to make sure it's going to be, you know, good lubricity. And, you know, do you dump a whole bottle of treatment to a tank or do you guys actually have like a cool little measuring device? Well, here's there? a big factor. That's a big factor for me because measuring it out with the Ford uh, factory stuff, the additives is not fun. You know, the way the hotshot secret is where you squeeze the bottle, it fills the chamber, it measures it for you. That's a big factor. I think and they got to well, lose that that cardboard cap. I'm yeah, looking at it right now. That cardboard cap. It can fall uh, in the tank. Yeah. Not good. Not good at all. And, and, and there was a truck that I had. And I still have the, the the part I found in the tank. I had been to another dealer. They couldn't figure it out. So they dropped the tank, did all this, that, and the other. I pulled that mother effing tank and sure shit little disc right in the bottom. So yeah, when it was cool. sloshing around, man, and it got sucked right to the bottom of the, the, the fuel center, check engine light, mm -hmm. reduced power customers. WTF. That's not, that's not cool. I don't like it. I don't like having that. I mean, I, and then on top of that, do you notice anything with the additive? I haven't noticed anything. So, and don't get it on anything. Holy crap. That shit stinks. But then you got that bottle that doesn't dispense it like the other bottles. Real nice. And you're like left with a half a bottle. Ugh. Now, I reached out to Hot Shots and, and you know, I as I've done everybody and, and told them, you know, what I got going on. And I'd, I'd like to to talk to them, get them on the on the podcast or at least get their products on here and talk about, uh, you know, the benefits of using them uh, for one for the dudes who have the six liters and maybe even the seven threes. Uh, they're dinosaurs, but they're still out there and people are running them. Um, what kind of great stuff do you guys yeah, have for the Hueys? Um, and more importantly, because really all I care about right now is common rail. You know, what do you guys have for high pressure fuel? What's going to be rolling at 30 plus K uh, mm -hmm. PSI? Like I'm talking, yeah. you know, longevity. There's, it's amazing to hear of all these people that are pushing 300,000 miles. What did you just hear on the phone on today? What did that chick say she had on yeah. her 17? She, whew, she said over 300 K. Yeah. You heard I'm her like, story yeah. straight up for real. Yeah, I got I'm a guy like, coming to ooh. me on Wednesday from New Mexico. He's got over 1.3. His odometer nice. says 9999999, and he has to use his trip A to keep calculating his fuel or his fuel, his uh, his mileage now. Are so, you saying that his? Are you saying that his truck? Right, say? that might that might happen. Uh, do what? I was saying uh, in, I think it was a couple of years ago or this year, um, some guy drove in a, a Hyundai Elantra for over a million miles. Like he rolled the odometer over to zero, Damn, zero, zero. Wow. Well, Hyundai just came out and was like, hey, we're going to buy that car back from you. And for I real? think it was like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know wow. how many engines I've put in those model cars and he made it go 
pretty much beyond anything what I've ever seen those cars at. What do you think it it was? I I mean, so what he did was he was driving, um, I think it was border to border, uh, like organ or medical delivery of some sort. Mm. So because there's people that have done that and there's a guy that actually, he did Uber um, with a Hyundai Kona and he had over 100,000 miles on it within the first year of him owning that car. And he did border to border Ubering. Yeah, we you know what? It's pretty you know crazy. What, though? He was in us, and he was, I think that car got wrecked at like 720,000. He fell asleep at the wheel and hit a semi. Ooh. So his wife made him retire. <laughs> yeah, I would too, man. Jeez. You know what, though? When you're, when you're putting those miles on like that, it's a different thing. Like if you're just going to go, it's a different coast kind of mileage. It's not something, yeah. you know, it's not constant. Yeah, starting, not, stopping, and starting. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. easier uh, as long as you keep and, up on the fluids and maintenance on that stuff. It'll definitely last. We had a we had a Ford Ranger ninety eight, and it had nine hundred eighty thousand miles. Damn. I know. I think for any it. engine to run that far, somebody's got to be doing something right. Yeah, that too. That too for sure. I mean. That's something to be said if somebody's running that kind of mileage. That person and, I was talking about with the Scion, he ran Amsoil, and he was in there religiously every wow. five And how well, Oh, you, the one who got 700000 on it? Yeah, it was like seven twenty, and the car was still going. He just got into an accident. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. And you got to think, too, like how – how many miles have been on the same engine transmission? I mean, at some point or another, things break down. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that we were putting ball joints and lower control arms in for cars that were like 30, 40 K. Now it's right, like, right. you don't see a passenger car unless it's actually been involved in an accident or somebody's winging parts at it that has new lower suspension components. I mean, plain and simple. Well, also, also, too, you think about a death of a vehicle, it's usually not like, oh, the engine went out. It's usually like, oh, we've got 200,000 miles and it's just falling apart. Yeah. And the engine or, still, I mean, it may not run great, but it's still going to run. Transmission or rack pinion, and they just don't want to throw the money at it for the mileage on the vehicle. Yeah. And, you know, cars are made to a T. I, I used to see it every day where, panels weren't even glued together correctly or like at the factory they weren't even putting the clips on the hoses i mean you you look at the quality that they produce these vehicles at and they're just trying to pump them out as fast as they can i mean it's a wonder that most things even make it beyond a hundred thousand miles i I remember putting engines in it like hundreds of miles or even less i had a uh, 3.6 in first oil change um, for service on it, tire rotation, and it had no air filter in the air box. <laughs> he wanted more horsepower. Yeah, he didn't take it out. He never put one in. Oh, I can't shit. believe. So what do they do in that situation? Is that like... like Hold them an air filter. <laughs> you just put a one in. <laughs> that happened to my dentist. He's got a 150, and he's like, I, t- I take it to get the oil changed, and they're like, oh, there's no oil filter. So whoever did the oil change last didn't put in an oil filter. An air filter? 
oil filter. You know, the two sevens got that cartridge oil filter. Oh yeah, they oh, did you can not put, put one in. Oh. Put it yeah, you in. can put the you can put the top yeah. on it with no oil filter. Yeah, my dad has a two seven. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why do you even need an oil filter? I mean, if you don't put an oil filter on there, it's still gonna run. Oh, yeah, it's... but it'll explode for kind of pressure if it's if it's not getting the kind of pressure that it's supposed to be. It'll see gonna... that. They didn't see nothing though. It didn't. No, nobody knew until. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, crazy. as long as there's nothing really. <laughs> You know, like, I don't know. Like it's it's like it's flowing too much. There's no restriction on it, so the pressure isn't what the PCM wants. So it, it should flag that even eventually. You would think. Well, it, it I mean, if we look at most of the wiring diagrams, and it's it's just switches at this point. They're really not designed to register like a pressure per se. They're at a fixed pressure rate when they make the sensor, and then once it just makes the you know, once it overcomes that resistance inside the sensor, it's just a switch that's on and off. Right. So even and if it, it was it PCM knows, monitored. Yeah, it knows that there's no pressure or yeah. is pressure. So yeah, it, and you can it, have it, like of its range. Yeah. You know, and there are cars that like um some of the I think all of the V eight gas engines from uh Chrysler have some form of a monitor that sets. So if you run 530 in the oil instead of the 520 or whatever magical unicorn shit they're running in it now, it literally will throw a check engine light, put the truck into limp mode and say, get your you know, get it back to the dealer. Are you serious? I confirm that confirm that we've we've fixed that multiple times from uh our local tire man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird that. one. That's a weird <laughs> one because how would they know? How would the computer know if it's cold or different temperatures? The viscosity kind of uh, doesn't have viscosity. It, kind of. it either uses a, an oil temperature table or it uses some form of a there you go. flow measurement of some sort. It's a flow rate of some sort. My boss yeah. dealt with it. I didn't deal with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and, and it's pretty trippy you know they, they want you to do all this stupid stuff to keep your i mean granted to keep your warranty they want it to operate within the certain characteristic but it's like there's some uh, things where that, you're like that epa stuff that 520 I, I don't know man that that seems like epa stuff to me they're on the zero they're, they have zero 20 that's kind of old news now now i'm seeing vehicles with zero 16 Zero sixteen. It's literally water. What? I ain't even heard of that yet. Yep. No kidding. It's, it's like it's not, it's not a Ford coming out of the jug. Just it's not, not a, Ford a Ford thing because they're turbocharged. I think Ford still runs a five thirty and all the turbo stuff at least. If it's an EcoBoost, they're still running five thirty. If it's non EcoBoost, five thirty. I mean, yeah. Well, and they do that for heat dissipation I characteristics, you know. I wanted to touch back on that block heater right quick, if we could. What you got? Tell yeah. me. So when I typically run mine, I think it says in the manual, um, anything over like three hours is not like basically worth it or needed because it wastes electricity and it's not going to get it like any hotter. But the way I feel about that is if I can like keep it at that temperature longer, I mean, I'm not leaving it plugged in for days, No, but... Because I'm a little different. My truck's not my everyday driver. I use it when I need to tow something. Um, so it's like if I know I'm going somewhere the next morning, like I'll plug it in the night before or I'll plug it in like. Oh, for yeah. sure. Well, that's a good but point. Actually, like you can't. Uh, I got these little things 
I got it from Garbage Freight, and it just goes on your art on your outlet, and it comes with a remote, and so I can just hit my remote from inside the house, and it will like just turn that. It'll make that outlet live. Like That's you use awesome. it for lamps and stuff. So I shoot that thing from the house if I know it's like early in the morning and I know I'm leaving later. I'll just hit that bad boy and let it heat up. And then to confirm what Aaron says, it's just, yeah, definitely. It's not growling as much as it is purring, if that makes sense. Just not a lot less than that. But I was going to yeah. ask on, on that temp, when you, uh, when you checked the temp of that coolant on the block, what side of the block were you on? Um, were you on the element side or did you do it on both sides? I was just curious to see if you saw how much coolant transfer, like the thermostat can't open. It's not getting that warm. No. So, so like yeah. I haven't plugged it in yet. I just did it with it not plugged in and I, I you know. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm sorry. I got you. So well, I'd be interested to see uh, at the element, like at the block and then yeah. like complete opposite corner of the block and see See if it's actually transferring well to like the opposite side. Like, like is there a convection effect where the, that's the a, hot that's is good. displacing the cold? What if you just yeah. went ahead since you know how to install it, just like put another one in a different plug? Because there's like no a, other hole. Goes in a, there's probably oh, not another like a freeze plug. Or? Yeah, because there's a threaded hole in the block that this goes into. Yeah. Oh, okay. that's kind of because that's what I did on my. I have a Jeep Wrangler. And you can just take out a freeze plug and just put in like a Napa, you know, regular element. It'll go in there. Yeah. How reliable do you think? Before you drive it. How reliable do you think that is <laughs> if be... that rubber starts to leak? I think it's pretty solid. What rubber? For on the Jeep. On the aftermarket one. Yeah. No, I mean it was like a regular metal freeze plug it just had a a rubber thing and it like tightened soldered up. no 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 it was like you pounded it in like a regular freeze plug yeah oh, okay okay i've seen and they, like and then they also the cycle that goes into your lower radiator hose that you oh. cut your hose you actually either spread it apart or take out a little section and it's just like a t and it's just a little heater and then you can no, plug it couldn't. in that's kind of and cool. then it makes and the dipstick for the oil, but I don't like those because the oil gets baked down to the stick. Mm. Yeah. Now think of it like this. I've seen, and there was actually a, a kit that you could get for these Arctic weather packages or like Alaskan weather packages that I don't know if it was sanctioned, like sanctioned a, an OE part or an OE practice, but there was cars that I was seeing from Alaska and from like Canada area that had literally just these giant orange rubber silicon heater elements glued to the oil pan. Now the argument oh. is, you know, do you want your EOT to be okay? Or is that merely just for the fact that it was so damn cold that to run the oil effectively, you needed just an oil heater, an oil pan heater and not a coolant heater because coolant really won't affect oil even in, even the oil that's in the oil cooler or the oil warmer because there's no real convection or flow through it and there's no exchange of oil it's really It'd just, just be like boiling radiant. oil yeah yeah and it would just be boiling the oil or boiling the oil in the cooler instead of like regulating that heat throughout the block correct now, there's a not, block no block heater yeah and like a block heater would be for 
ECT to be read at a certain temperature so that the fuel tables can change. So you're not wasting a bunch of fuel. That might be why it purrs more than it growls. Mm -hmm. So it's not just trying to dump as much fuel down there or like try to keep the flame front down with just leaning the fuel mixture out a little bit. You know, it, it kind of goes into that ideology where do you want your EOT, which is good for the engine to be at a certain point so that the flow characteristics are right? Or do you want ECT to be at a certain point so your fuel flow table is different? Because no matter what, that oil has to be up to a certain viscosity to flow the way it needs to, right? Okay, so you see how we're talking and everything and how we're thinking and da-da-da-da-da. And then you got these ball bags who go out to their car, don't don't even start it, drop it down and drive, and mash it to the floor in five-degree weather and, and, and expecting this thing to just go ahead yeah. and, and do, oh, what the heck? I'm bringing my car to the dealer. It's got to go to warranty. Why is this thing making noise? This <gasps> shouldn't be making noise in the morning. It's just... What the quick, fuck? A quick story time. Yeah. Yeah. Touch on that. Used to work with a guy that had a Crown Vic 4.6, and he would run 2050 in it for some reason. Dang. <laughs> it would be anti-rod uh, dock. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, uh, the middle of winter, man. And he would. We'd be getting off work, and he would go out and start his car, and he would peg that thing. I mean, hit it off the rev limiter, dude. Thing did not blow up. What the fuck? When I asked him, why are you doing that? (laughs) Oh, it warms up quicker. Get the fuck out of here. That's cool, man. He didn't last very long. I would say (laughs) to kind of add to that too, I work I work with a guy that he he didn't he think he finished out an egr cooler job on this six seven and it's a it's a home depot truck so it just sits there and idles 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 so it's like the fourth one he's put in that truck at this point right and he gets done with it and i see him top off the coolant and he starts it up he gives it about four seconds of just just trying to balance itself out before he just fucking floors it in the shop and he's oh. just sitting there with this thing, just like, oh, I'm going, man. what, dude, if I was the customer, when you're like seeing some of these people work, you just kind of have to stare at him and go, did you fall off the stupid truck and hit the beat truck at the same time? Or were you just run over by both and then left to die in the road? <laughs> like, how, how do you do that? Dude, put the triangle hole in the circle hole when he was a little kid. <laughs> Uh, the square peg in the triangle hole after it wouldn't fit through the round hole. (laughs) I think uh, 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 (laughs) what? So Grasshopper, the lawn equipment company on their zero turns, uh, they have they have square like for the bagging system. It's a square peg that goes into a round hole. (laughs) Back from my landscaping days. Way back. Way back, way we're not back, wrong. <laughs> way back when, I think uh, it would be a real good time to pause for um, something I've been thinking about uh, f- for the last couple of weeks, trying to implement um, just kind of a uh, a uh, pay homage to some of the the lost ones we've had um, 
for uh, our industry. A big shout out to uh, Diesel Tech Ron. Um, he is kind of uh, why I'm kind of doing what I'm doing. You know, I saw uh, what what he was doing um, and and how big of uh, impact you know he was having on the power stroke community. You know, on the West Coast. Um, and then we uh, we unfortunately lost him. And I still I keep in contact with his oldest son. Uh, he just recently actually moved to Michigan. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll put some links in the description uh, for those of you who do not uh, know who Diesel Tech Ron is. Uh, he is uh, an older gentleman, mm-hmm. not older gentleman, probably, you know, early 50s um, at the time and uh, was straight up, uh, you know, his his way of delivering uh, how to repair these power strokes and, you know, specifically the six liter. Um, I think he touched, I think he did a couple of six, seven videos, but, you know, he did a lot of six liter, you know, bulletproof uh, oil coolers and EGR coolers and Ficum diagnostics and, you know, just a lot of good, good information. And um, you guys got to check his stuff out. And uh, another Ford Tech, uh, his channel is actually called Senior Master Tech. Uh, his name is Rusty Bunn. Uh, he uh, 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 lost his battle with some cancer, um, but uh, was also an awesome tech. Has got some really great six liter cab removal videos and doing head gaskets in chassis. Like, ugh. I'm always pulling the cab. So to see a dude uh, do it with the cab on, um, he did a time-lapse. You guys got put a description. I'll put a link in the description to him uh, so you guys can check him out. But uh, I think, uh, you know, to remember the dudes who, you know, kind of paved the way for, for us with, with diagnostics and just helping uh, in the power strokes, I think is, uh, you know, we got to remember those dudes just to, to remember them and, uh you know, pay tribute to them because, you know, if we didn't follow them, you know, we kind of wouldn't be where we are here talking about trucks and how they affect us and how we take care of them. And um, that's what it's all about. You know, it's helping people and that's what he did. So thanks DTR, RIP buddy. See you on the other side, Rusty Bun, you too, bud. But, um, you know, I think that that follows suit with with a lot of stuff that uh, you know you'll see on this channel uh, with with the videos and and people that you know, are reaching out and the comments uh, that come in uh, with the videos that you know I, I put up on Fridays and Tuesdays and the podcast. I think I've got a lot of great comments on the podcast, especially with, with our oil talk between DS and Matt and, and them going back and forth. A lot of people really like to see them to talk. Um, and the last video uh, that I put up on Tuesday of uh, the end of January about DS's 2026-7, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of comments on low oil people actually going out and checking their oil i got a couple of emails where people sent me their picture of their oil dipstick um asking what my thoughts are on c-tame booster um just really good engagement and i think uh if if you guys would like uh you know go check those comments out because you know people are listing um part numbers people are listing um 
actually let's go to that really quick and see uh, just really good information um, that I think other people would, would find interesting just to compare and contrast because. Yes. Did you chop that up to just break in then, or you haven't had any uh, issues since, correct? Um, I, you know what? I need to get out there and check it. But when I went in and we changed the oil, it wasn't low. Mm-mm. So right. I think, and I checked it a couple times and confirmed it wasn't burning. But I've been, I've been running it a couple times during snow, and I haven't. You've been working it. So. Things haven't been sitting. It. You've been working it. Yeah. So I mean, how do, how much yeah. since I filled your duff up because we filled it to the top? Do you? How far do you think your duff is at now? from me filling it to where you're currently sitting with you working it probably it probably use no i probably use a quarter but i haven't really looked okay it's not okay. using so much to where i gotta really worry about it it's probably gonna stay at oil changes okay but i am hauling some weight you're probably getting close to gross vehicle weight rating but because I've been That's, hearing people who've been hauling these things that these that these newer six sevens have just been drinking the yeah, DEF. You know what? It. That truck with those uh, four thirty gears, it's never really it's never really labored. That's one thing we should have asked Felix. Four thirty gears. If he <laughs> four thirty gears. <laughs> if he um. He's got a four ten. Yeah, but if he was drinking death. Because he still is all, he still has all his he's stuff. A nine, he's a 19. Yeah, he's I, a 19. But I mean, those 19s, those 19s, hauler. those 19s drink less. Car hauler, it definitely. I yeah, Zach, definitely... we had on a dude last week, uh, or no, yeah, in the middle of the week. Um, this guy from Florida drives from Florida to Indiana, picks up a load, and then drives to Washington. He comes out to you. <laughs> He's got a 2019 350. Guess how many miles he got on it? I'm going to push probably between 75 at the very lowest and then 190. The oh my God. <laughs> dude, One I couldn't nine. believe it. Yeah, What's dude. he hauling? Like carcasses uh, or something? Uh, no, he's hauling like trailers and like RV trailers. Dude had a notebook. Just like this, boom! Oh, you're talking about you talking about Felix? Yeah, yeah. When when he changes oil, when he changes trans fluid, when he changes fuel filters, when he changes flat tire, his ball joint, his brakes. I mean, everything to a T. Just boom, 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 boom. I was really That's impressed. A That's I was really a impressed. One hundred for sure. Like, like what yeah. he did, and you know that just strikes the thing uh, uh, in my head. So uh, the last job I got on Friday uh, was a, a 19550 cab chassis. Said it was uh, it died while driving and started and was running rough. So I'm like, all right, let me go out to it, see if I'm gonna have to tow it in, see if it's got battery power. Da 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 da. You know, just you know, I'm gonna start the thinking process. You know, over the weekend, go out to it, and I open the door, and there is a letterhead of the company dudes it's all all nicely spaced and typed giving me i mean more than enough information and i'm like you know what left me his name his email his phone number i'm calling this dude i call him tell him who i am i'm the technician working on the vehicle and i you know i i told him you know this the scenario i wanted to get a preliminary um but i said my reasoning for calling was i wanted to thank you 
for this very detailed yeah. documentation of what the driver said, what you experienced, what happened at the tow truck when he arrived, this, this, this. I, I was I was blown away. He kind of chuckled and I said, I never see this. So for you to, you know, acknowledge this information to me, I said, that makes me, uh, helps me aid in my diagnostic process. And I thank you. And, you know, maybe oh, your man. truck's going to get done faster now. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> how many times, how many times working in Dealerville or, you know, I don't know if anybody here has ever had independent experience, but like you can't get some people to buy water for their freaking you know just to drink you can't even get them to like give up the ghost when it comes to like hey so i understand you're having this low power concern and i understand you know this is like something you've been experiencing for quite a while um you also have an air filter that is a brick and not a filter <laughs> i mean can we start yeah. with that no just do the warranty just do the warranty that's all i'm here for yeah 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 yeah, that ain't that ain't me, man. I I hate when it. I hate that feeling that people like the, the service advisor or whatever is is afraid to put a part on your car. Like it just a filter. He's like, yeah. Well, we can go another uh, two weeks on this filter. Well, if like, you want to do it, you know. Uh, yeah. Like uh, we're gonna My take this filter right to the limit. Like, just change yeah. the motherfucking filter, man. Exactly. My thought process is it Jeez. doesn't matter. These trucks are like calibrated for an efficient airflow based on what's going through this filter at a clean state. You're literally starving this thing of air and you're complaining that it's something that is, you know, inherent to the truck or something to that effect. And you're like, you have to start with a baseline vehicle. Like, does it, you know, does a stop start steer? And if you can't do any of those, why are you even trying to trying to get anything out of uh, a warranty. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't, you can't not contribute and then expect everything in return. I, I tell customers, I said, it's, it's like trying to breathe with your hand over your mouth. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's how many of them actually try that. <laughs> I mean, and, and then you get some that, you know, like A-Rod has, man, that they're just like to the T, awesome. they know what was going on. You know, I have a guy that when I was at Genesis, he was, all over it like you know man like i used to drive this volvo that i could feel when the sway bar link was actually going bad because i could also feel like the lateral shift in this bushing and i'm looking at him like okay and driving mm. his you know okay. sixty thousand dollar car that he just bought it's like okay i can see what he's getting at but like could you could you tone it back with the trying to be smart talk but you know that guy was like one of the best customers that i've ever had yeah he was like persistent with what he was seeing and what was going on but he was more than understanding and at least tried to communicate as effectively as he could you know he wanted this car he wanted to own it and keep it as like a daily driver and exactly and that's what we want out of our truck customers like you know you use this thing more than you use your bed at home sometimes like these trucks are some people's livelihoods and we're here to keep them on the road for them. And it's like, we just, we just need more of those kind of customers than we do the other kind, honestly. Unfortunately, I see it. I see it with a lot of my customer base. Um, that threw me off. Uh, <laughs> I just got a message. Sorry. Um, with my customer base, a lot of them are like, Cars are like appliances. They literally have them for like five years or less. And so like sometimes they're 
yeah, just do it, or they'll just, ah, just leave it. And it's just it's kind of 50-50, but I see a lot, oh, it's a lease. It's getting traded in. Okay. So it's just like, like, like that's <laughs> number one, like, well, you know, a lot of this basic maintenance stuff, like you're still required to take care of, like on a lot of your lease yeah. agreements. Not all of them, but some of them. So you're still going to get charged, and then you're, you know, I mean, you're going to get charged what they want to charge you at that point because they yeah. got you. Yeah, and and <laughs> what we work on, you know, these so, trucks are not just like, I don't think I've ever seen a truck go on a lease, and if you no. are, it's usually because you're like big wig of a company and you're driving around a, a company car. You mean a Super Duty or uh, like a 150? I've seen some F-150s and stuff, but it's mostly the Super Duties that you yeah, never you see can... as like rental cars. Or oh, fleet. yeah. It's yeah. That motherfuckers you can, there. They don't you lease, can lease things. You can lease 150s, but you ain't really leasing no, uh, yeah. no Super Duty. So I just need to lease this tractor for three months. I don't give it back completely brand new. Like, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. So here's a good comment from uh, the video that I did with DS's uh, maintenance. Uh, Marco Ramirez the fifth says, "Honest question: I thought you weren't supposed to rotate the front tires like that due to the tire being traveling at seventy miles an hour in only one direction, and then you swapping it, and it can cause internal damage." Why did you read it like that, bro? <laughs> huh? You're reading it, giving him a hard time, giving the uh, commenter a hard time. Huh? I, I don't know. Have you guys ever heard that before? I've no, never I mean, heard I've that heard that before. Of tires, but I've never heard of what he was saying. Yeah. I've never heard it's... of it being disrupted by by making it go a different way. If your beat is, if your beat is moving because you flipped your tire now it's going a different way then you need a new tire yeah. and a bead's a bead right but yeah. i guess it only would yeah. apply for a directional specifically a directional tire that is only supposed to rotate one way but i don't think continental that's what i'm saying uh, yeah directional yeah, tire i've never heard here's, of a multi-directional thing having a problem with the bead yeah and here's the thing you know the reason why they rotate in a certain direction or they have a directional arrow is not necessarily that you know, the, I guess in the ye olden times before I was even capable of holding a wrench, uh, if you did rotate them in the opposite direction with a directional tread pattern, something would happen to the belts or to like the internal cord structure of a tire. But Never heard you of know, that. modern modern advances don't don't cause that. I mean, if they rotate backwards, you're just losing the grip functionality that's inherent with the tire design. With a directional tire, yeah. If it were and, a directional tire, which so you're talking, Zach, you're talking like old, like belt, like bias ply tires. Is that what you're talking? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, first generation directional stuff, you know? Yeah. Check this one out. This guy comments. He says, workshop manual 303-01C. Damn. He's dropping it like that. Diagnosis okay. and testing, oil consumption test, step seven. Oh, man. Specifies one quart per 900 miles is considered normal. Any less than that, there's a problem. One quart per 3,100 miles is well within spec. And then this happens. Then he says this. Aaron. Oh. Have you called into the hotline asking about regen information on your personal 2020? 
I think we've spoken before. I'm like, oh my, are you serious? My truck. No, it was mine. Oh, was it? He's like, we may. I have remember speaking to a technician named asking about regen information on his own personal 2020 67. I'm like, ain't that about a bean? And I remember talking to a dude and he sounded super cool. And I really wanted to like tell him. Uh, See if he wants to get on the podcast. Information, you know, but obviously we can't talk. I don't know. That guy on the podcast, he's. I don't know he might be a cool dude. Oh, you mean get the hot the hotline guy? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought you meant yeah. the, I thought you meant the comment. I thought you meant the commenter who's like, oh no, you can't. What did bring he say? You bring them all. Oh, you can no. burn. You can burn nine hundred a gallon for every nine hundred. Oh no, that's in the workshop manual. He was quoting the workshop manual. Yeah, he was, he was quoting the workshop manual. That's that's interesting to hear. And now, is that just during the break-in period, or is that all at all times? Well, let's see. Truck? Let's see. What, what did he say? Hold on. Say, do you have it in front of you? you can pull yeah. Three oh three oh one C. Three oh three. Let's see here. I'm going to twenty twenty twin twenty twin twin. No, I asked you earlier. Yes. Uh, you get some snow. You're gonna take that four fifty plowing tonight. Yeah, I've been favoring the 450 for plowing, even though it's it's ridiculous. Like I got a 250 out here, I could use that. Yeah, but so easy. I don't know, yeah. man. It's just the 250 is quicker. Get into some... Oh, one C. Is it quicker? Diagnosis and oh, test. I mean, step seven. There's 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 definitely that, pros uh, and cons. You say what? Yeah. You can What'd turn. You uh, it's a better turning radius on that 450 than your 250, isn't it? They're they're pretty close. I think the you know the 450 cuts harder, but is longer. Uh, it probably turns a little tighter, but it's so long that 250 it cuts, a long. 250 is a short bed crew cab. Um, gotcha. It can what do some. It can do some different Aero? stuff. Huh? What year were we looking at for this bed? I was looking at 2020. Okay. I got 30301, and he said oil consumption, step seven. I don't see a step seven. Description and operation. I know for. Uh, oh, wait, a lot maybe of I got to go down to actual oil consumption. It says that Cam, uh, a quart of oil. Thousand miles is acceptable. Oh, okay. Here it is. Here, okay. Oil consumption test. Uh, drain the engine oil. Remove engine oil filter. Install a new manufacturer specified oil filter. Make sure the vehicle's position level surface. Refill oil pan to a level one liter, less than the specified fill limit. So one quart less than a specified using manufacturer specified oil run the engine for three minutes if hot or 10 minutes if cold allow for a 20 minute drain back period and then record the oil level shown on the oil level indicator place a mark on the back side of the oil level indicator noting the oil level location add the final one quart to complete the normal oil fill restart the engine and allow it to idle for two minutes 
shut the engine down. Note, both marks should be very close to the min-max upper and lower limits or the upper and lower holes on the oil level indicator. These marks will exactly measure the engine's use of oil with a one-quart differential between the marks. After a 20-minute drain-back period, record the location of the oil level again. Mark the oil level indicator with the new oil level location. Demonstrate to the customer that the factory calibrated marks on the oil level indicator are where the oil should fall after an oil change with the specified fill amount. Explain, however, that this may vary slightly between the min max or the upper and lower holes on the oil level indicator. It says record the mileage. Advise the customer that the oil level indicator readings must be taken every 200 miles or weekly using the revised marks as drawn. Remind the customer that the engine needs a minimum 20 minute drain back for an accurate reading that the oil level indicator must be firmly seated in the tube prior to taking the reading. When the subsequent indicating readings demonstrate a full quart has been used, record the vehicle mileage. The mileage driven should not be less than 900 miles. The drive cycle the vehicle has been operated under must be considered when making this calculation. It may be necessary to have the customer bring the vehicle in for a periodic oil level indicator reading to closely monitor oil usage. Wow. That's a lot. So, that was so they're, very, very interesting. They're having you establish <laughs> the actual dipstick. The sure actual dipstick. Oil level to make sure the dipstick is accurate. Guess what? Yeah. We just thought of a brand new video. I'm making a note right now. That... I mean, Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. I was going to say to, yeah, to really kind of summarize it, they basically want you to drain the engine completely for what it's worth, let it sit there for, you know, 20 minutes or so, and then fill it up, put, you know, go one quart under spec, mark that on the dipstick, add that quart, mark that on the dipstick, and then just have the customer drive it after, you know, making sure the oil level is actually there. Because what well, they might be seeing is just that drain back not happening, what's, right? What's interesting about that, say you're getting you a brand new power stroke and you pull out the dipstick, you can look for that mark. Hmm, this guy was doing an oil consumption test at mm -hmm. some point. So, mm -hmm. hmm. and then it's like, how do you get compensated for this 20-minute drain back? Like you're if telling you're, me. You're, you're a technician. You're and telling, they're telling me. You, like we all know that the 6-7 does not need 20 minutes to drain back. It needs well, like right the the way that they kind of expect us to work is that we get one vehicle and for that one vehicle the entire time it's at the dealership that technician is working on it but in reality in order for a technician to make money he has to be flying cars in and out the door with tickets that are you know more than just hey can you change my oil for 120 bucks correct like yeah they, they, they don't want you to do these kinds of things therefore they discourage it with both the practice and what is actually required. Most technicians, at least the ones that I was around for most of growing up are just like- Think about, think about on the customer side, 
how many customers are going to come back every 200 miles and wait 20 minutes for it to drain down for you to check correct and and i'll even be guilty myself like okay dude like if you got your ds's he brought his truck in for oil change january 1st 21 we changed his oil i didn't let you saw you saw you saw the video yeah we did we did both when we when we changed (laughs) that oil we waited the 20 minutes and we waited the five minutes and it was the same in the uh, 20 minutes or the five minutes for the six seven now if it was a two seven it's a different story that's that's a start stop type of situation so that's a whole different uh different thing yeah that's when i first heard about the oil uh issue and he texted me and asked me to check mine i had changed my factory oil out pretty early like 2200 miles but i mean i get i rotella t6 540 from work so i changed it with that and i checked it stone cold i checked it right after i shut it off i checked it after it sat and it was all it was it was all right so let me let me say this you are talking about the shell rotilla t6 and how no matter what like when you check that oil if it's hot if it's cold if it's whatever it's always pretty much the same amount versus i wonder if it was like a 15w40 does it get more does it creep up the stick as it warms up because it's a 15w40 or is it does it does the same thing stays the same it's not really like tranny fluid where there's like hey 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 that's gender neutral shift juice (laughs) what you're talking about man we gotta keep it clean on here man what who me He's oh, talking no. about <laughs> calling it tranny fluid and shit. No, we can't oh, be talking dude, like that. You can't, you can't say tranny fluid? No, that's general general neutral shift juice. We <laughs> gotta keep it clean. There's... You can't say tranny fluid. We can't say tranny but fluid. It's not it's not like it's gonna <laughs> Oh no <laughs> the DM's giggling. She cracks me up. <laughs> oh my oh, god. Oh it's neutral. It's neutral. <laughs> trans fluid well, you know what though my gear oil does that in my hydro gear in my, in my gear oil is going to do that too yeah yeah so not so much even 15w40 won't do it no i can't wait oh, to change my oil much, no. i don't know what i'm gonna if, if schaefer's is gonna send me something or a you know, discount i know me too <laughs> i keep cleaning it off when i was under there today what doing about the video the, i was like oh check my oil account man. i'm i just reached out i, I just uh, send him an emoji uh, waving because it was like two weeks since I reached out to him. Um, just, you know, I'm not trying to be a bugaboo with Who's these that? people. I just, you know, hey, don't forget about Who's me. I'm trying to get a hold of here. Uh, the hot shots, hot shot secrets, dude. Oh, additives. Um, have you ever used? Hey, pardon me. Have any of you guys ever used arch oil? Arch yeah. oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a video on it in a six liter. Um, um, uh, it was not smoking afterwards. Yeah, big, big. Arch oil was a big one would, for that. I don't know if I run it on a. I don't know if I run it on a six seven. It's not. I mean, unless arch oil, they have one for, for common rail. But I think I Archer think they is, have. Going back to that fuel additive, I run uh, the diesel power plus. And I run the silver uh, in the summer and the white in the winter. I know the white, I believe, does. It's a 80-ounce bottle I get. 
and it'll do 250 gallons. And then going back to how you guys were saying, like how you measure it out, I get those little paint cups at the like the auto value down the road. They're like a dollar for two of them or whatever. And you just put that, they have the ounces right on there. Those work out pretty nice to measure are they stuff out with. Or you chuck them I know what you mean like those. What's that? Are they reusable or do you chuck them away? Oh, no, they're reusable. They're plastic. Oh, oh okay. I just use them for a lot of other things, too. Uh, like, I got some two-strokes, so I'll use them for oil, and I'll use them for other stuff. So, eventually, I just they get nasty, and I'll just get new ones. They but get nasty. That's, uh, that was the big thing with the arch oil. That arch oil did have – it had, like, a self-measuring bottle, but it did have that little, uh, like, white thing that I guess the Ford one has, too. And I always hated those. I would throw those things away right away. That is Things were a pain about in the butt. as useful as a, uh, oh, how do I put this politely? Um, an ant with a it's rock up. on its back. Have you heard anybody yeah. using zero W40 in their diesel? Not really in my climate. Um, not around. I'm, I mean, you know where I'm. I'm just northern Ohio, right by uh, Lake Erie. I had so, a guy from Texas question why he went to the dealer and he said he brought the service manager out and questioned the technician questioned the service advisor wanted to know why they put 1540 in his truck when the cap says 1030 and 540 and all three of them said that this is what we run in the diesels in texas because of the heat and um, um he was asking me what i thought and i'm like yeah, you it know, sounds like they don't carry the that's all they kind of carry yeah, from their that's, vendor that's called being lazy because there was a i had a truck in i shit you not on the sticker it said 1540 surface by jiffy loop i about um, threw up in the back of my throat like why in the hell are you taking this eighty thousand dollar tractor machine to a to jiffy, jiffy loop? to jiffy Hey, I, I think I about shit a brick. <laughs> Must be a toughie. Better take it to Midas. Oh. Uh, well, oh. but back to the zero W forty, man. Uh, I don't know, man. I looked into I'd it. And to... It didn't seem like it didn't seem you like something what I wanted to do. Mm-mm. The what? Like zero four for temperatures like what such the, and such oh such what the range was so, it's interesting because yeah. the range for the zero forty was like you could run it all the Pretty according much. to Ford manual you could run it all the way hot yeah. to the higher higher temperatures or you could run it into the lower now it temperature. says right here for the lubricants for specifications for my truck it says right here five five forty ten thirty and fifteen forty it does say it says right here right here let's say that it does say 1540 for your um, truck. I'm looking and that's right at the workshop. Yeah, yeah work, workshop manual specification, displacement, bore, stroke, hmm. firing order, compression I've ratio, 15.8. Does it have a does it have like a side note next to that 1540 saying like if other two viscosities aren't available, 1540 is no. acceptable? Change it. No, but possible. I think if you look at the temperature range available for the 1540, is not as favorable. Whereas if you're in Texas, maybe it doesn't get cold. It's it, for 1540. It's not supposed to be cold. How much Lord. do you think? How much do you think the engine weighs 
without accessory drive components? 1,181 you know, we all know that yeah. a thinner weight oil doesn't really help out, especially for high load, high horsepower applications, because you're really just doing a disservice. You're displacing yeah. a thinner oil altogether. But well, the thicker the oil you want, you you want the most lubrication possible, which well, you only need that for the clearances. Is, there's such tight tolerances in some of these that it does take a 020 or a 016 to even get in between there to lube it. Yeah. But that's not on not on bigger stuff. That's those smaller yeah, that's all passengers, banks. passenger yeah. vehicles. You know, you don't want yeah. to see well, with a, the, a 016 uh, with on the, the zero W. With the zero W forty, you're supposed to get the same forty weight protection at operating temperature, but the third yeah. of the zero weight flow. But like, what is what is a zero weight? What does all that mean? Like, it's comparing it's zero it when it, it's a, it's, it's viscosity. It's, it's the uh, uh, oil's ability right. to know, flow. I know that. I know that. But it's it's, it's zero when it's cold and it's forty basic. when it's hot. But does that mean that it's uh, already at forty? Like it just doesn't change as much. Like it's almost at a forty weight cold, and then it warms up. It's still the same weight as it was when it was cold. It's not like thinning down. Yeah. It starts off yeah. thicker, and then as it warms up, it gets thinner. So it's at a forty. But a forty weight, a five W forty weight, is not gonna start off thick. It's just gonna. It's not gonna get thicker, is it? Is it gonna get? It's gonna be thin, and it's yeah. still gonna be thin when it gets warm. It's, it's starts, not gonna like. So it starts thicken out. up. So yeah. it's it starts out thin. The molecules are flowing at a five five weight. Five, and then as you're operating, getting up to operating temp, you're going to be running at forty. So, yes, yes. I mean, yes, to say it's I'm not saying... really, thick, it's not really thickening or thinning out. You're, you're. It's the operating characteristics of the oil. Itself. Oh, right, right, right. But what I'm saying is, it doesn't really, does it really get thicker to a forty weight? I think, I think it's not thinning down it's just it, not it gonna thin down like it does it's not like I it's gonna get thicker like a 40 weight yeah i don't necessarily think that it changes density i think it's the way that they measure the flow characteristics so like what um what you were saying it's essentially at this temperature reading which is within a, a spectrum placed by you know whatever sae spec it's at or ilsac spec i should say they sit there or what's no API that's it right yeah API yeah. the API spec 
for that oil to flow at a certain rate. And then at the hot temperature, the 40 weight flow is what does 40 weight flow at this operating temperature or within this operating range? So like we can have a five weight oil flow at, you know, colder temperatures, which is really good because then that way we're not having to lose the inertia from the, from the stroke to pump the oil. It's a, it's more for efficiency sake. Whereas the hotter the oil gets, it needs to flow at a certain rate of a thicker oil so that it doesn't eat itself alive when it's trying to overcome the, the expansion clearance losses. Right. Right. But my thing is like, how do they, how would they achieve that? It's like one side says, well, it gets thicker when it warms up to be like a 40, but I think it's just, well, like you said, it's not really, it's not really getting thicker. It's just what the flow is at whatever. Yeah. Temperature. Right. So like this oil has this good of it characteristics and flows like this. Alternate engine oil, oil like for this. extremely cold climates. To improve engine cold start performance, we recommend that you use the following alternate engine oil to, in extremely cold climates where the ambient temperature reaches negative 22 below. Engine oil SAE 0W40. So that's the, that's the climate range. Yeah, negative we're, 20 we're not, we're not positive, no. so. but what is the like the 40 weight i imagine it would be good up into like 100 or 100 whatever you know normal operating is what's really weird too is like if you look at the specifications of shell rotilla 5w40 and then like i think the shell rotilla have a zero w40 i think they do I think the cold pour oh, point for dude. for both is literally the cold pour point for zero W forty and five W forty is like negative fifty. Okay, check this out. Both. I'm gonna <clears throat> excuse me. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna put this up on the thing Hold so you guys me. can check this out because I actually found the uh, uh, chart, and this is what I was trying to see. Uh, I don't know if you guys can check that out. Let me blow it up here. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, yeah so see. the zero the zero forty goes up to the same temperature as the five. Let me go to the top here. All right. And in fifteen forty is only So we yeah. got normal go. usage. Normal usage is gonna take us down to zero and to a hundred. So at Zero degrees, we're going to be a a ten weight and operating temperature. We're going to be at thirty, and then you can see. So it looks like what would you concur that it's five W forty is going to take us to the same temps as zero, but it looks like zero would even go further. Yeah, it's like zero. Yeah, goals. so it looks. All the temps, or I'm sorry, all the weights are going to be good on the on the top end to the same. Um, even the 1030 is going to okay. be good to the top end of the same. But it's oh, this the only is different. difference I see with the 540. Different. Well, think, of, think of it like this too. The the lower the weight, oil is usually reserved, and like you said, and like the uh, owner's manual says that the lower weight oil is reserved for cold weather characteristics. I mean. It, let's say you're you're living in Alaska where the average temperature during the winter is like 
no more than a couple of degrees above zero or you know whatever right. whatever arctic region temperatures are and so right. you need something that's going to flow like uh, basically water at sub-zero temperatures i well, only need that by 40 man yeah and so yeah. you wouldn't want to run uh zero 40 when you're hauling a load up a mountain going from you know high desert country into just sheer sheer mountain territory like you'd be asking well, the, to have crank the, bearings go wing wing <laughs> right. the research i've done on the zero 40 says that it suggests that like the zero 40 is gonna because you got to think anything that's a 40 there's really a range in that 40 like there could be a a, a zero w4 or let's just say five w40 one 5w40 could be closer to like almost is on the 5w30 side where another 5w40 could be on so that 40 range is actually a big range based on brand or whatever formulation there's actually a big kind of area in there but a zero w40 is gonna barely get into a 40 and and as soon as you start having like fuel dilution and things like that it actually derates down to a 30 quicker Versus a 5W40, which is going to still be a 40 weight toward the end of its uh, service life when it's getting ready to be changed. Right. So, basically, yeah. what but the 6.7, the 6. They just need to the see. The 6.7 can run on a. Just, just run whatever oil. Most people, like you said, fall into a severe duty. Um, so, figure out what weight you need to run and figure out your climate. I think most people are going to be running 540. And then, like you said, people that are always running up in Alaska or at Canada, they run if them you hard live up there. there. Yeah. They, Driving uh, up on the Coca-Cola. Maybe 040, you know, for, for, for our northern boys there. So, French fries just, and gravy, sir. But as far That's as that guy right going, <laughs> truck in Texas, I mean, yeah. Seeing that and seeing that it's acceptable from Ford, um, I mean, at the temp that they're at, that might be, that might be acceptable then. Yeah, because realistically, I mean, they are never gonna get down to twenty degrees. I so. mean, maybe northern yeah. Texas. Yeah. Well, my wife's but, from Oklahoma, and even then, it's it's kind of hit or miss. It really depends on what inclement weather is happening at the time. You know, it could be. Like, yeah, like you said, you know, northern Texas changes a lot. Oklahoma's pretty well four seasons, but, I mean, but it's it's weird. It's four the, it's cold in the desert. There's a lot of land but out at there. The, so. At the end, at the end of the day, that's terrible customer service to like. Yeah, not offer the five W forty for that for that guy and just say, it. like, it, like that, that's overstepping the boundary, man. You're basically. You know, I'm going to be blunt here. You're basically sticking your dick in the gas tank at that point. It's not your truck. It's not your baby at all. Like, get the hell away from it. Like, which do brings, what the customer wants. Which brings to a, a good um, uh, advertisement. Um, make <laughs> sure to check out my oil change dealios I got over here at Bill Brown Ford. Check them out at billbrownford.net or book your Fleet service center. appointment with me at the Fleet Center. Um, I got Mark's been up there. Shoot half dozen times uh i got dudes coming all over um i'm doing oil hey, i like i like the motorcraft 540 it ain't bad you know i'm doing oil changes regular oil changes uh diesel oil at uh 99.95 and if you are the dudes that want to run full synthetic you're going to get that for a buck 75 so um if it's something you guys want to check out 
come and see me. You got a warranty repair you want to take care of and don't want to go see your local dealer. Um, most likely I'll be able to get it covered for you, check it out and uh, knock out some maintenance for you. So um, it's definitely crazy how many hot shots. Yeah. It's crazy how many hot shot people are coming from like all around the country yeah, to, uh, to come see you. And that's really like what is showcasing these four trucks people want to see the 300,000 miles people want to see a 19 with 193,000 miles on it people want to see a 13 with 1.3 million miles on it that's a story in itself that is what is this dude doing we need to tell these people we need to get that out in the public and like oh my gosh i'm thinking about buying a six seven this dude oh my gosh this dude just got 1.3 million on his like oh my gosh i gotta get one um i think having just that community of hot shot people running these vehicles and and using them on a daily to feed their family get commerce from point A to point B, whether it's medical supplies or, or whatever. I mean, I think that is what really, that's what William Clay Ford Jr. needs to be commenting on that is let's get these hot shot. Let's get a group. Let's get a zoom. Let's get a, forget this COVID stuff when it gets over. Let's, meet and greet with these hotshot dudes or let's meet with these people who are really using these trucks mark the daily driver me daily driver we're not really using our trucks let's get the dudes who are using his trucks i'm talking tow truck dudes people mom and pop small businesses these are the trucks that they're depending on without this truck they cannot make money like I cannot drive that home. Like how important this machine is to this company and for it to perform and whatever piece of information, Zach, Mark, myself, DS, whatever we can pass on to others who we're talking or who he interacts with people on his channel or the customers Zach uh, gets a hold of or Mark when he's doing his his uh, maintenance on these vehicles coming into his uh, uh, fast lube facility. These things people don't know and the basis and fundamentals of this channel is to teach and educate and have a little weird comedy, I guess, because sometimes I'm funny looking. Um, and we got good, uh, good, good dudes on here telling real stories and we're not uh, any smoke and mirrors. And it's just, um, I think something I want people to be a part of, and I love having, uh, you know, guests on, uh, coming through, um, and, and talking about it because it just, it's an hour of us just unraveling and somehow we always come back talking about oil. Oh yeah. DS loves it. You know, you know, I, love I, it. I heard yeah. something interesting today. Someone said you can never, or it's, it's really hard to find a good mechanic. You know, that was an interesting statement. I hear that all the time. You got to trust your tax man, your barber, and your mechanic. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. You know that. Trust your tax man, your barber, and your mechanic man. When we, uh, one of them can screw you. When we were, I'm, when I'm we, two of those. I'm not the tax man, but I am two of those. <laughs> we were having lunch. When we were having lunch, and she's like, "Yeah, my mechanic's good, but you know, he can't do that electrical stuff." It's like, wow. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Electrical is not his strong suit. And like when she said it, like I'm like, what? I'm like, everybody has to do electrical. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. What is fifty percent of our repairs involved? Everybody. That, that, yes. That reminds me when uh, when I was oh when I was a young guy when I was a young guy working on cars in my garage, I used to kind of run a little shop out of my mom's garage in the backyard, and I'm I'm a young dude. I'm like seventeen years old, sixteen. Man, I forgot to tighten up these lady this lady's wheels, and oh, the guy no. the guys who car it was was blind. He was blind. He couldn't see, but she drove for him, and she had like a Jeep Cherokee. Then I'm doing brakes. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm doing the brakes, and then she calls me like a couple days later. She's like, my wheel came off. She's like, the lug nuts were loose, and the last lug nut was on, and it almost popped off. My God, I barely made it to the shop, and he was like, oh. He just, he must not be husky enough to tighten up the wheel. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, if that's what you want to roll. No, I just, I just didn't. Because I didn't have, I didn't have any air tools. You had to like put it, uh, like tighten them up and then you had to put the weight on it and then like go make sure you remember to. He wasn't husky enough. He must not have been husky <laughs> enough to tighten the wheel. Like, uh, that's your security policy though. When you work in the streets and you work on cars. And someone says, hey, I got to go to the bank. Yeah, go to the bank. But <laughs> I tell you what, you ain't going to make it nowhere else. <laughs> you got to make it to the bank and back here. You go, if you try to take off, just, make, <laughs> just realize I didn't even tighten your wheels. So hey, You didn't even <laughs> tighten my wheels. I put them on tight enough for you to make it to the Cash bank. Cash on man. <laughs> God, I, I worked at a place where uh, we, we did this guy's... Uh, I think we were doing ball joints because he had a lifted GMC truck. And uh, part of that job, they, they had to pull the axle nut out. Well, either he just threaded it back on by hand and tighten it or what, but he made it two blocks. Oh, why? Yeah. On 37s. Oh. You said yeah. the axle nut? Yep. The, the bearing, the, hub, the, whole, the whole hub oh, bearing assembly because the axle nut compressed everything. It went. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Dang, yeah. dude, one Not time good. I was walking down the street with my little brother, and there's a car that comes driving down the street. The wheel pops off the car. The car slams on the ground, and the oil comes out of the engine. And oh. I'm like, and, and the oh. lady gets out, and she goes, they told me not to drive the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, I guess man. you gotta listen. <laughs> they told me not to drive the Dang. car. <laughs> yeah, I got one. Uh, so this guy came in. He had a uh, like a drivability concern. It was this old like man. What was that thing? Rusted out like Chrysler, like an old Chrysler 300, like the original body. Oh yeah, yeah. It was before. Before it was a 300C. 
What's that? Before the 300C when it's just a 300. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This thing was rusted, man. And this guy, he was talking about what the heck? Something to drivability, like a skip or something. And it would hesitate. That's what he was saying. And he went to go leave, and he mashed on the gas instead of the brake. He mashed on both of them, and he drove through the friggin' door. Oh, <laughs> Oh, my God. He hit the building, dude. What? <laughs> Apparently, he, like, he did try to hit the brake because it blew a brake line, and there was a trail of brake fluid. But oh, he was wow. like, how did like, how was there a trail of brake fluid? His brake line blew from the rust. Yeah, oh, yeah. brake line yeah. must have gave away, gave out. So he, he, I'm guessing he hit the gas on accident, panicked, slammed on the brake, blew his line. And, and kept going forward. Wow, wow. Oh, I got, I got a story about you trying to hit the brakes or you trying to slow a truck down. So I worked at a shop where the entrance to the end of the shop was basically like a 45 degree incline, right? This guy had a, I think it was like a Ram older 12 valve, but he had lifted it six speed. It was like, it's a pretty nice truck for, you know, doing what you needed to. Well, oh yeah i mean that thing was just like you thought cetane burns from a 6.0 were bad like this oh, thing was just yeah literally you were you were soaking fuel but like <laughs> i go to i'm like 130 pounds i'm like 20 21 years old just like well i'm scrawny and don't weigh a damn thing and uh i'm pushing down on this brake pedal and the hydro boost is gone so it you know it uses like what we didn't see on the f-250s and I go to hit the brakes, and I'm literally standing on them using the steering wheel to push myself against the pedal. That's how bad these brakes are. <laughs> and it's a manual, so I have to, like, pop it into, you know, pop the clutch as it's in low and just let the thing crawl up the deal. Well, it's got so much torque that if I just pull it out of gear, the truck will roll backwards with no brakes. So I'm, like, doing this fight up and back. Oh, and finally, I get it in the in the stall, and I, I hit the clutch. And for whatever reason, the clutch pedal got really, really hard, really, really fast, and I kept going. <laughs> oh, no. And I went, oh, God, panic, slammed on it a bunch of times, finally got the clutch to engage and just hit the foot to the brake and shut the engine off at the same time, just trying to get this <laughs> thing to stop. <laughs> oh, dude. Everybody was looking at me like I had lobsters crawl out. I'm like, I got it in the uh, shop, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's in the shop. <laughs> ain't, nobody, ain't nobody trying to tow that thing in. We that clutch was that. all messed up, man. Oh, jeez. Four yeah, thirty gears. It. Oh <laughs> no, I had a. I guess the. I guess he had a, a dual mass flywheel installed. It was. Damn. He had bought it modified and just was taking it to us for some small stuff, and that was like what was the last straw. He ended up putting a clutch in it and some other stuff at a different place, but Jeez, it was dude. crazy, man. Mm, 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 mm. Like a nine thousand pound truck almost hit your toolbox, go through a wall. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Well, I think it may be a good time to. Yeah. My phone's getting ready to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for joining us uh, again uh, for another episode uh, here with Zach and Mark DS up at the top, rocking in the garage. Uh, if anybody would like to get up on the show, make sure to check the email above my head and I will get you in a queue. Tell us what you like, what you didn't like in the comment section below. And as always, thanks for watching.